Well, uh, welcome to church on this Mother's Day. My name's Mark. I'm the uh, rector here, senior pastor, and it's great to welcome you. Um, now, Mother's Day, hey? We're not doing... Last week, I think I, uh, I cracked a joke that was quite funny. Some people thought it was funny. I said, we're going to do a, next week's Mother's Day, do a sermon on Mother's Day. It's about worry. I thought, why is that funny? Well, mothers have a unique ability to worry, don't they? Or at least maybe just my mother did. Uh, my mother was uh, Jewish and a refugee from the Holocaust. And uh, she just worried a lot. And I think if she wasn't worrying, she'd be worrying about why she wasn't worrying. Have you, are you ever like that? You go, I should, I know, like I should be worried about something and I don't know why. This, and if, and if, something bad, if, if something bad isn't happening now, it's going to happen just around the corner. Really, it really will, you know. Um, so worry. Um, really important. Do, you know the book, uh, I don't know if any of you have read it, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. How many of you have heard of the book? Yeah, it's a very famous book in our culture. Do you know that Dale Carnegie also wrote a book on worrying? How to Overcome Worry. It was also a bestseller. Isn't it fascinating? And guess... Uh, so guess what he looked at, um, or who he, who's, whose teaching he drew on to shape this best-selling book that helped uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans and Canadians learn how not to worry. So they do his How to Win Friends and Influence People course through YMCA's across North America, and then they'd get enrolled into the How to Deal with How to Not Worry. Guess, guess who was uh, Carnegie's leading inspiration and source text for his book? Jesus, that is the right answer. You're in a church, so here's a trick. If you're visiting and you don't normally come to church, whenever anyone asks a question, basically if you say Jesus, you're safe, right? That's so, so you're, but you, in fact, you're exactly right. He, and he looked at this text of Scripture that we are going to look at this morning as uh, the key bit of wisdom to help us live lives that are free of worry. So that's what we're going to try and do. So my hope is... At the end of our time together, you will have the uh, skills and the vision and the intention and the means to go and live a life that is completely free of anxiety and worry. Wouldn't that be good? Impossible. I hear, I hear you say impossible. God, don't worry. It'll be fine. No worries. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Well, that'll be interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think we, it's, it's going to be very interesting to think about what is possible. Um, so uh, let me maybe suggest it this way. Uh, let's think, think about your life. Actually, I need to... Can we maybe hand out... Where's my... Can we hand out some paper and pens? We're going to, we're going to be doing a bit of work together. So uh, you're going to need two, at, two bits of paper per person and one pen per person. And... Uh, while this gets handed out, the first thing I want you to do is, uh, on the bit of paper, I want you to rate yourself uh, on the following scale. Zero is, uh, I never worry at all. I am, I've listened to the teachings of Jesus, and I'm completely free of worry. And ten is... Worry dominates my life to a point where it immobilizes me and causes me enormous difficulties. Okay, so 10 is worry consumes you. 
Zero is, man, I am like Jesus. I'm just walking on water here. I'm free of worry. I'm totally at peace with everything in my life. Okay, you've got to write a number down. A small number, don't let anyone... Oh, you can, but, you know, you don't, no one has to see this. It's just you. Okay, so pick a number. There's no right or wrong. It's, uh, no one's going to see this. Yeah, how much you worry? One, zero is like no worries at all. Ten is you are, it's actually quite crippling for you. Now, think about this. If, if there was a miracle performed this morning and you made some great progress in this area, what would you like that number to be? In an ideal world, what would you like that number to be? Say you've put down a six. Maybe you think, what I'd really, I'd just like to dial it down to like a three or a two. Maybe, maybe, or what's re- so what would you, if you go, if I could just get the number to a, that'd be great. Now I'm assuming you want to go, you want to dial the number down. Maybe you want more worry in your life. You go, I'm just sleeping too well. My relationships are too good. I'm just chilled. So maybe what would you like, where would you like to move it? Just take a moment and think about that. And write it down. As, yeah, thanks. On the same bit of paper, unless the number was so big you can't fit it on. In which case, you're making me worry about the kind of people we have in our church. Um, yeah, it's not overly complicated, this exercise. It shouldn't take that long. Okay, so why do I do that? Because worry is something we all struggle with. Worry is something that uh, flows from very deep parts within our lives. And what we're going to look at today is we're going to um, we're going to do three things. Jesus says this. He says, "Don't worry." He actually says, "Don't worry," and then he gives us means to do that. And we're going to look at uh, if if I if I get through all of this, we're going to look at four things. We're going to we're going to rethink worrying. Rethink or reframe. Um, we're going to realize uh, your value, and that's going to be an important component of uh, getting free of worry. Um, and thirdly, you're going to uh, um, refocus. And then fourthly, you're going to release your worries. And uh, I'm hoping even at the end of this session, you can all read that, right? Really clear uh, as mud. Rethink, realize your value, refocus and release. And by the end of this, you'll, be, you'll have moved the numbers down, even just for today. And then you can go through this process tomorrow and you can dial the number down. And then the next day and you can dial the number down. And what you'll discover uh, is that if you work with Jesus in doing this, over time, you become somebody who is full of peace, not worry or at least a little fuller of peace. Um, And maybe Anne is right. Maybe it's impossible to ever be free of worry, but um, who knows? We'll see, right? Okay, so let me just pray and ask God to help us. Lord, we all worry. Uh, You know that. And so I pray that now you'll help us to understand what Jesus was saying when he talked about worry, and more than just understand it, you'll help us to actually put it into practice and find, even this morning, Uh, freedom from worry. And we ask this in your name. Amen.
Okay, so how to rethink your worries. Take your bit of paper. What I want you to do is draw a circle like this. Oh, it doesn't have to be a big circle. And inside that circle, you might need more paper. I haven't really thought this through. No, no. Inside, inside the circle, I want to put down all, I want you to write down just an illustrative list of what are the things that you're concerned about. What are you concerned about? Bang them in that circle. Um, so I'll give you an example of some of the things I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about uh, the transmission of anti-Semitic hatred in uh, the West Bank and the Gaza and the militarization that, uh, and, and the hatred of Hamas and the Palestinian Authority for Israel. That concerns me a lot. I'm concerned about uh, the effects of climate change in our world. I'm concerned... Um, about my superannuation. I'm concerned about whether I'm, gonna, I'm playing squash on Tuesday night as the comp starts. I'm concerned about how I'm going to play in that comp. I'm concerned about uh, when the air conditioning will be finished. And doesn't it look good, by the way? Um, I'm concerned. You know, I'm concerned. There's a lot of things that I can bang in there. So bang them in, man, whatever it is. I'm concerned about the world being hit by an um, asteroid. Existential threats. I, I, what are you concerned about? Bang it in. Just little big stuff. Put it all in. There's your circle of concern. Take some time. Is that the instructions clear? Now you could you could put a lot of stuff in there, couldn't you? You have a lot already? Yeah, because like we're concerned about lots of things, aren't we? A lot of things concern us. Or a cause for us to worry. Okay, all good? Now, uh, on your other bit of paper, or your turn it, flip it over, it doesn't matter... Um, I want you to do another. I want you to do a, another picture, another circle. Actually, let me think about this. Uh, you're going to need two bits of paper. You're going to need the two opposite. You're going to need to be able to see the two, right? So you're going to need two bits of paper. So have a look at your circle of concern. Oops. And in another circle, uh, write those things in this circle over which you have control, like what or influence. Of all the things that you are concerned about, write down in another circle what are the things that you can influence or control. Does that make sense? That's tricky, right? What are the things that you can influence? Hey, You'll need some paper. Let me see. We've got some paper and paper and pens are being handed out. Beautiful. Thanks, Lily. Thanks, Jen. Okay. What do you what what can you control? So 
Uh, is this a harder question, a harder thing to think about? It's harder. What is it that you can control? This exercise actually comes from Stephen Covey in his book, uh, Principle-Centered Leadership, Just, but it's a very common exercise in many other places as well. It comes straight out of the teachings of Jesus. Now, okay, so we at least got an example. You might need to take more time there. Let me, uh, let me ask you a question. Look at your... Does anyone feel comfortable yelling out what are the things they have control over or can influence just to help the others think about stuff, yeah? Who you choose to spend time with. You, you can control that. Yeah, what else? What do you have control over? Sorry? No control? You, you have no control? Okay. That's, that's interesting. Hang on to that thought. Your? Health. Uh, your health. You have control over your health. To a degree. What sort of things can you control in terms of your health? Exercise? What, what you eat? Yep. How much sleep you get? Yeah. There are certain things you can control. You, you typically can't control um, if you get cancer, right? Like it's a day. You can't control that. But there are certain things you can control. What else? What are the other sort of things we have influence over and can control? Okay. All right. Cool. You can con- influence or control everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you are part of that. Now, so, so have a think about this. Let's, let's take an example. Um, let's pick an example. Right, like the example someone's given. Okay, let's think about being a choose. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what, can you, what are you concerned about as a parent? How your kids are going to turn out? What are they going to be like? And you can worry a lot about that. What choice, when your kids are little, you can worry a lot about what choices they're going to make. Um, are, they going to, are they going to have mental illness? Are they going to, what's going to happen to them when they're teenagers? How are they going to get through teenagehood? Uh, you can worry as your kids get older, how are they going to transition to adulthood? I can't tell you the number of conversations I have with parents of older kids. How are my kids ever going to be able to afford to live? Are they ever going to get a decent job? You worry about who your kids are going to partner up with, don't you? Like you're concerned about all these things. Okay, and what can you influence? Well, that's an important thing to think about. Okay, it's like, what, what can I influence? And, and you see, one of the problems is we can spend a lot of time worrying about stuff that we're concerned about, but over which we have very little influence. You know? Like you can't control someone else's choices. In the end, uh, who, uh, who is the only person in the world over whom you actually have effective control? Yourself. That's it. And let me ask you another question. In the timeline of life, 
when can you exercise control over yourself? Now, now you cannot. Let me. Uh, so, so I'll do it. So here's a timeline, right? Um, and uh, here's the past. Can you have any? And here's you now. All happy, mum. <laughs> Mum's happy. Can mum have any influence on the past? None at all. Okay. So you can't, but, but, but we can be concerned. Like we can be uh, captive to the past, right? Bitter, full of regret, full of all kinds of stuff, okay? And, and in fact, let me just make a point. A lot of our worry about now and the future comes because of stuff that happened to us in the past. And we're, but you know what? God says, we'll get to that. Forget the past. Like, you can't change it. Okay, so what influence can you have in the future? Uh, can you change how angry you are going to be with your kid in a year's time? Yes and no. But you can't change a year's time. You can't change the future, can you? So, so you know what you've got to do according to Jesus? What? You've got, you've got to shut the door. This is the, the key to worry-free living. Is you've got to shut the door to the past. You can't influence it. You can't control it. You've also got to shut the door to the future because you can't influence and control that. And you've got to focus, you, you've, got to, you've got to focus in the present. This is the only place in which we actually can exercise effective control, is now. How do we see that? How, how do we, where do we see that? This is what Jesus says. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That was, that's it. Like Jesus got it, right? He's the smartest guy who ever lived. And he said, listen, we're concerned about stuff for sure. Like you're concerned about your kids in the future. But the only thing you can do to affect the future state of your children is to make choices now on the basis of what you know now, of what is good now. Choose what you're going to do, what you're going to think about, what you're going to feel, what you're going to value, what you're going to say what you're going to put in your body so you're healthy enough to live to see them. It's like, worry about today, Jesus says. And, and you know what? This is a key bit of teaching of the whole of the Bible. It goes right back to the Old Testament. When God is rescuing his people, this great story of bringing his people out of slavery in Egypt, he takes them into the desert and he feeds them. They're in the desert. They're all worried about starving. And he gives them manna. Because you're worried about food, right? How long does the manna last? Yeah, you've got to eat it when you get it. You can't store it up. You can't worry about tomorrow. You can't save up your manna for tomorrow. It'll go off apart from the Sabbath when miraculously uh, it, it lasts two days on the Sabbath. You've just got to live in the moment. You've got to trust God in the moment. When Jesus says... Uh, to teaches us to pray he teaches us to pray 
Give us today our fully funded retirement and secure provision of everything we need for the next 40 years. He doesn't say that. He says, give us today what we need to get through today. Today is the only moment we have. Now is the only moment we have, right? So um, here's what causes lots of worry and, by the way, actually inhibits us and, uh, and, uh, uh, and causes us great angst, right? So you have... Uh, there's, there's actually in life, there's the, these circles, another way you can diagram it, you can have, here's your concern. And I'll tell you what becomes paralyzing. And here's what are the things over which you have control or influence. Okay. Um, when we spend all our time in here, thinking and planning and worrying and being stressed about this and not enough time in here working on this, that's a recipe for chronic anxiety, isn't it? So, But there's a third circle, isn't there? Because there's a lot of things we can influence and have control over. What do you reckon the third circle might be? A subset of that over which we can control. Of all the things you can control... What are you actually going to focus on? What are you going to, what are you going to make centrally significant? Because you could focus on a lot, right? Could you? I mean, there's an enormous amount of stuff you could... You could focus on learning Russian. That'd be cool. Because you could think to yourself, um, my son, he, he really likes uh, other countries and travel... And uh, he's become friends with this Russian kid at school. And I'm worried that my kid's going to go to Russia and uh, marry a Russian and my grandkids are only going to speak Russian and so I'll never have a relationship with them. Okay, so this is... Now, you think this is irrational, and it is. But, but people who are prone to anxiety, that's, how, that's the kind of the, the, the train that works, right? So what do you do then? Well, I can influence the language I speak. I better start learning Russian. So you then immerse yourself in learning Russian. Is that a really good idea? Well, probably not. So then it becomes really, really important. What are you going to focus on? What are you, what's going to be the thing that you actually, in the moment, close the door to the past, don't worry about tomorrow, what are you going to focus on? And, that's, and Jesus has some great wisdom here. Have a look at this. Uh, he says, don't worry about your life. So here's what you shouldn't be, like, don't worry, future focus. Don't worry about what you will eat. Isn't that cool? Don't worry about what you eat or drink, about your body or what you will wear. So uh, rethink this. Rethink how you organize your life. That's what all this is about. And, and the thinking bit is hard. And when you, when you rethink it, so this, just to make sure you all get the, um, the structure here, this is the rethinking part. And following on the rethinking, what we've got to do is we come here and, and this is all about learning to revalue ourselves. See, why don't I have to worry about the future? Why is it pointless? Well, I can't do anything in the future. As concerned as I am about it, I can't do anything in the future. So uh, what I've got to do, Jesus says, is I've got to think about this and I've got to revalue myself because he says, look at the birds of the air. 
they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So we're going to do two things. We're going to think about the birds and we're going to think about God. I'm going to go back to this picture and I'm going to ask you from God's perspective, imagine uh, God was here and we got God to do this, right? What's God concerned about? Imagine, so okay, if you're not particularly religious, imagine there's the, the God of the Bible is an p- infinite personal creator who's all-powerful and all-knowing and all-loving. Okay, assume that. What is God concerned about? What goes in the circle of concern for God? This is not complicated, people. <laughs> Us? Yep, sure. Huh? Everything, everything goes in the circle. God is, the Bible is clear. God is concerned about everything. There's nothing that happens in the world that God is not concerned about. Now, what does God have control or influence over? So let's do this. Let's do this. This is God's concern. God's influence is everything. So unlike us, his, his, uh, his concern, his control are, uh, are actually, they're identical. It's not a subset. He's in control of everything, okay? Now, what's his focus? What's he focused on bringing good and blessing to? The sparrows. That's Jesus' way of going, listen, here is this... Um, these completely insignificant little things in creation that, that just, they're born, they live, they eat, they're annoying, they die, that's it. You, you know, God, God is focused on providing for them. That's amazing, hey? So he can, he, he's concerned about everything. He has control and influence over everything, and he cares about everything. Now, in that category of everything, does that include you? For sure, Jesus says. For sure it includes you. Um, are you not much more valuable than they? Like if God is concerned about a sparrow and he's focused on the well-being of a little bird, he says for sure he's going to be concerned about you. And for sure he's going to be focused on you. So don't worry if he's going to feed the birds, he's going to feed you. So you don't have to worry. Now let me ask another question. Um, think about, this is helpful, the difference between God and us. Does this timeline apply to God? Here's God. Here's the thing, this will do your head in, right? God, time, uh, time is a category that God creates. So everything in time is immediately present to God. So he can act anywhere on that timeline instantly and always because he's, he's simultaneously outside and inside of time. So go away and think about that. That's hard to think about at quarter to 10 on a Sunday morning. I get that. Quarter to 11, whatever time, 11 o'clock. So God, can God have influence and control and focus on the future? Yes or no? Yes. Can he have influence and control on the present? Yes. Can he have influence or control on the past? Well, yes, of course. I mean, he was there in the past, wasn't he? 
He was as present in the past as he is in the future. So he was controlling your past as much as he's controlling your future. That'll do your head and Just think about that for a bit, right? That's cool, right? So now, uh, God has... Uh, so God is concerned. So look at this, man. God is... F- he's not just concerned. He's focused on your past. He's focused on your present. And guess what? He's also focused on your future, according to Jesus. And so what's he going to do? He's going to give you what you really need. You can't, you don't know, you and I, we, we, we do not know what is going to happen here. And, and he says, Jesus says this, it's really funny, he says, Who of you, by worrying, can, uh, can make yourself a little taller or extend the, the extent of your life? Like there's a bit of a wordplay there. Who, can you make yourself grow taller? No, you can't. Can you make your life go on a little longer? No, you can't. But God can. And I'm like, that's so. You realize your value. This immense value that you have according to Jesus. And re- realizing your value, you, you realize that um, if you're that precious to that powerful a being, then nothing that could truly harm you will ever happen to you. Have you thought about that? Nothing that can really harm you will ever happen to you. The world is a completely safe place for you and I to live in if this picture, if Jesus is right. Now, uh, you notice I put that little clause in, if Jesus is right. Now we might say, and you might, and even as I said that, part of me was going, but hang on, lots of terribly bad things happen to people all the time. Cindy prayed for Christians who are losing their lives because of their faith. We know this happens, right? Uh, we know terrible things happen. Where many of us have terrible things that have happened to us in our past. Uh, and we, don't, uh, we know about those. And we don't have any idea about the terrible things that are going to happen to us. So how can we say that God loves us and cares for us and is focused on us and that, that nothing ultimately bad can happen to us? Well, hmm. This is how I think about it. I go, I have to say, when I have those thoughts about God, I ask myself, do I know more about God than Jesus did? So when I struggle with the problem of suffering, as I do a lot, I'm Jewish, I worry, my family died in the Holocaust, I've had lots of horrible things happen, we all have, I read the news, I know suffering, I, I, I grew up, there wasn't a, probably wasn't a, certainly a week in my life where, growing up where I didn't think about the Holocaust and suffering in some form or other, right? It just, it's a shadow over, um, over families like mine. But then I have to say, so when I'm tempted to go, I don't, I, I don't, God doesn't really love the world and he's not powerful and he's not focused on the world, I have to go, hmm, on what basis am I making that claim? I'm really claiming to know something about God that Jesus didn't know. Does that make sense? And then I said, well, how would I come to know that? Well, I would say my experience of the world trumps Jesus' experience of God and Jesus' experience of the world. 
Yeah. Okay. So when I struggle, when I so so at that point I've got to go. That's a seriously, if I'm honest, seriously arrogant claim on my part. I'm like I'm smarter than Jesus. Now we all think that. Let's be honest. And part of the journey of connecting with God, of growing spiritually, is to go, actually, you know what? No, no, I've got to trust that Jesus has a better handle on the nature of God and his involvement in the world than me. And if that's true, then this picture is true. And therefore, if it's true, you are, if Jesus is right, you are infinitely valuable, you are utterly safe. And nothing that is truly bad can happen to you. Now, lots of bad things can happen to you along the way, but Jesus says what really matters for you and about you is completely secure. We looked at that last week. Our treasure, if we live with God, our life with God, what ultimately matters is secure in the kingdom of heavens where moth or rust or thieves cannot touch it. So the offer of Christianity that is given to all of us is we can find a way of connecting with God in Jesus Christ so that everything that really matters to us is ultimately secure. Our relationships, the people we love, who we are, untouchable by anything that would ultimately harm us. So you know what? You can take my life. It's not ultimately who I am. I will live with God forever. I'll be given a new resurrection body. and So I don't have to worry about losing my life. My kids are secure. Because guess what? God loves my kids more than I do. Oh. So you, do you see? So you have to, it, I think worry, um, I, I, I want to be very sensitive here, which is unlike me. Not, not really. Um, worry actually flows from uh, unbelief and arrogance says, I don't believe Jesus, and I actually think I know more about the world than he does. And that's not that smart, right? You've got you to gotta unpack that and, and, and talk yourself back off that cliff. Now, uh, we don't have time to get it. Now, now, for some of us, the worry is triggered more quickly than others, right? So um, we all internalize in us what the psychologists call uh, neuroticism. There are five big personality traits, um, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Neuroticism is the psychologist's way, the personality researcher's way of talking about our innate sense of threat and capacity to worry. So some people are higher on neuroticism than uh, and others. So I'm really low on neuroticism. I, I don't worry. My natural instinct is to think the world's a safe place. Other people, much higher. Your natural instinct is to find the world uns uh, less safe. But it doesn't matter where we are on that continuum. God wants to make us less neurotic. God wants us spiritually to learn to trust him and spiritually to humble ourselves and say, the battle to trust Jesus is the battle to say he knows more about the world than I do. And my experience of reality is not more truthful than Jesus' experience of reality and description of the way the world really works. So I live in the present because God can bring forgiveness and healing from the past, and God is completely focused on and committed to my well-being in the future. And so now I'm free to make smart choices in the present. And what is uh, 
here we come to the third point. What is the thing that Jesus says we should focus on? What should be at the center of our circle of focus according to Jesus? And this is why Joel did that song. And I thought we were going to sing it in a round. And I was a little disappointed. And I didn't hear the descants going. And I thought, where were you guys in the 80s when this was chart-topping song in churches? Verse 33, Matthew 6, 33. What's our focus to be if we want to live a life free of worry? Why don't we read this together? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. This is what Jesus says. Live for me and trust me for everything else. And everything will be okay. Now here's a question. Was Jesus right or wrong? He's right, unless you think you're smarter than Jesus, which you probably do, because that's our human tendency. But no. So, so Jesus says, this is the thing, right? Um, in this circle of focus, if, if we make this, uh, let's, let's find out, let's draw ourselves a circle of focus. Just got to add another page in here. In this circle of focus... Here we go. Here's, here's all the things you're concerned about, man, and there's myriads of them. Here's the things that you, are, are, you have influence or control over, and here's the stuff that you're going to really focus on. Okay, what does he say? What should be that? If you really want to live a life free of worry, what you want to put right at the center is God. And if, if you put God at the center, he says, you know what? You, everything else will be okay. Everything that you're really concerned about will work out all right because God's concerned about it as well. And guess what? He has more ability than you to take care of it than you or I do. So it'll work out. So that's the refocus, right? And um, let me make a suggestion here that this is something we need to do every day, every moment. Like it's not, it's a battle, right? Like to say, I, I'll, I'll actually trust God. I'll live for him in the moment. I'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and I'll trust him for everything else. I'll trust him for forgiveness and freedom from the effects of the past. I'll trust him for whatever joys or calamities will happen in the future. And I'll, by doing that, be free of worry. Because like, why worry? There's no good reason un to worry. So then you can just reduce your anxiety levels. Train yourself, right? It's pretty cool. We come down to our final thing. Release your worries then. Release them. Just let go of them. I think many of us hang on to worry because we're just, it's a habit. We are habituated to worry from before we became spiritually awake. That's the way of the world, to worry. As Jesus says, uh, very clearly, um, by the way, he also has this whole wonderful thing about clothes. So don't worry about clothes. He, God, he's even concerned and focused on the lilies of the field, the flowers that are better dressed than anyone. Um, if this is how God clothes the glass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Now we worry 
about these things because uh, the pagans run after all these things. Okay, now pagan is a technical word for somebody who doesn't, uh, who's not a, a God-fearer, a Jew. So it's not a pejorative word, but, but people who aren't spiritually alive and awake to Jesus, they run after all these things, um, you know, food and drink and clothing. Just walk down Darling Street today. And, and, uh, and Darling Street is full of people who are running after food and drink and clothing, aren't they? Got to get my coffee, got to get my food, got to get my clothes. It's all very important. And it is. And, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. We do need them. Like you've got to, you've got to eat, you've got to drink, you've got to wear clothes. And God will provide. He knows that. Um, so don't worry about it. Do not worry, he says. Don't worry. Now you're worried because you're not obeying Jesus in his command to not worry, aren't you? Well, you should be. You should be worried at this point about your inability to worry. Uh, no, you should be worried at this point about your inability to trust Jesus. Uh, and, and at one level, that's exactly right. There's a, look, the only person in the world who ever fully trusted God with his future was whom? Jesus, you know, Jesus, like even to the point of causing his death, like he knew as he read the scriptures that, that his goal, role in life was to come and to suffer and to die. Like his, it, talk about an existential threat. He had a prophecy that he knew applied to him that he would, he would, he would be crucified and die a horrendous death. And what, is, what does Jesus do? He prays in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, you know, uh, not my will, but Yours be done. And he trusted the promises from the Psalms that God will not let his Holy One see decay. He trusted that in a way that I, I actually believe Jesus didn't know ahead of time, in his humanity, Jesus was like, I've got to trust my Father that even though he's going to abandon me and I'm going to die and it's going to be awful and terrible, yet on the other side of that awfulness and terribleness and suffering, uh, God will rescue me. And the reason Jesus, who, who actually had no basis ever to suffer and no basis ever to worry, the reason that he went through that voluntarily was precisely because you and I find it impossible to trust God. You see, he had to trust God, even with the, his own future and his life, because you and I can't trust God with our own future and our own life. That's our big problem. We can't do it. <laughs> So you're right to worry about your inability to trust God because it's exactly the problem you and I have. <laughs> That's why we need Jesus because he's the only one who is able to do it. And what God, with the magnificent, amazing promise of Christianity is our worry-filled, anxiety-filled life, uh, driven by our arrogance and our lack of trust in God, is precisely what takes Jesus to the cross so that he can give us an exchange his own life of complete trust in God. And so therefore, the way we release this is by trusting in Jesus and then talking to God about this all the time. Here's how the Apostle Paul puts it in Philippians 4. The Lord is near. What Jesus has done is he's, he's through his own suffering and death, he's brought God near to us, and he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Release your worries to God. 
That's it, man. Prayer is like taking something you're concerned about, putting a massive dirigible hydrogen thing on top of it, tying it off, and seeing your worries just lift off and fly up to the heavens. That's why we pray. And when you do that, guess what happens? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Release every little bit of worry you have. Release your fears of the future. God is so focused on your well-being that he was prepared to die in your place because of your worries, because of the, the worries that flow from anxiety, uh, from arrogance, and, uh, and from lack of faith. He's so focused on your well-being that he will absolutely, utterly give you everything you truly need. So don't hold on to them. Don't hold on to it. Just, just let it go. Just pray. And let it go. In the moment, we'll get back to this right now. What's one thing you have control of right now, in the moment, you can choose to let go and release all your worries and your concerns to God? You can just hand them over to Him. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, you can hand over your concerns and your anxieties to God. And Tuesday morning, and Wednesday morning, Wednesday lunchtime, Thursday afternoon, just hand them over to God and learn to seek his kingdom in the moment each day with a sure promise that ahead of us lies a life completely free of worry. It's coming, people. It's coming. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, thank you for your teaching uh, uh, Jesus, on how to live this life free of worry. And I pray that this Mother's Day you will uh, work in us to free us up from worry, to, to give us such a deep sense of your care and concern for us and your focus on us and our well-being, even to the point of dying for us, that uh, we won't hang on uh, to the past and we won't hang on to worries about the future, but in the moment, in the present, we'll make the choice to treasure you above all else and to release to you anything that pops into our consciousness that causes us to worry. And that as we do that, your peace will flood us and fill us. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. We are going to sing one last